Back to our uh, doctrine series. And uh, doctrine, remember what we're studying? Do you, anybody remember? We're in what book? Turn over to Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 2 today. Doctrine, the tag of the series is knowing who God is defines who I am. So we've studied God the Father, we've studied God the Son, we've studied God the Holy Spirit, and knowing them, the Trinity, mind-blowing, knowing God, three in one, knowing who God is, it defines who I am. So let's, uh, let's uh, take a look at who we are. Uh, the title of the message today is The Sin of Man. You're like, well, yeah, couldn't it just be man? <laughs> no, it's the sin of man, all right? So... Doctor of man, doctrine of sin, I'll try to cover it all together. Doctrine just means teaching, so I'm going to hopefully teach you something, hopefully you'll learn something today, and uh, um, hopefully it'll be biblical, it'll be sound, it'll be something from God's Word, right? I'm not trying to teach you any of my opinions, Uh, I just want to teach you what God says, okay? So let's learn today. Has anybody ever uh, said this out loud or thought this? Like, what's wrong with me? Anybody? Come on now, can I get a witness? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I say that all the time. Like, what's wrong with, like, like, what is it? Two weeks ago, I like had something wrong. And then last week I was coughing up a lung. And, and then, you know, sometimes I have a bad back. And, and today I kind of have like this, I don't know, sinus infection maybe feels like, you keep doing the nasal rant, you just keep fighting, right? I'm always fighting something off. You feel like that? No? I'm the only one. Okay. You feel like that? Like, what's wrong with me already? Like, can we just do something different, be better somehow? Like, what's wrong with me? I think we all kind of feel like that, and I think that's because of sin, right? I mean... I may or may not have got a cold because I sinned. I mean, we read the passage on uh, communion last week, right? So you can get sick because of sin. I get that. But like, I don't go around going, oh, you got a cold. You must have sinned, right? Like, we don't do that with each other. That's, that's kind of weird, right? We realize that just sin in general has tainted this world. Why does the kid who's in the hospital today have cancer, Right? Like, did they do something really bad in their mom's womb? No, 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 we're not saying that. What we're saying is sin in general has tainted this world, and we're all like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, sin's what's wrong with me. And uh, I would just say this, as a believer, we are blessed to know, right? So just write this down. We are blessed to know that our sin separates us from God. There's so many people in this life that don't know this truth. They don't know sin's the problem. And so they don't do anything about it, right? And uh, that's why this doctrine's so important. We need to know we're sinners and have a good grasp on that. We're blessed, okay? In uh, chapter 1 of Ephesians, he said that, blessed, right? God's blessed us. He's lavished his love on us. He's Poured out his riches on us. All this stuff. In chapter 2, if you're there, say you're there. Okay, good. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, he starts with, and, right after like, the church is awesome, God's awesome. It's like, and, 
you were dead. Well, thanks for telling me. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. I love that. Once walked. I don't have to walk in it anymore. But you're going to see in a second that everybody once walked. Following the course of this world, the world system, following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan himself, which is the anti-Holy Spirit, it's the evil spirit, it's the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. It's in our nature. We were born this way. You say, what's wrong with me? You were born. <laughs> and you're a child of Adam, right? Like just passed down. In order to see this, that we were dead in our trespasses and sin, I think you have to get this point first. Here it is. God created people. Flip over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, notice that the Bible begins with just an expectant, just a normal thing that God exists. It just assumes the existence of God right off the bat. Here's what it says. Genesis 1.1, the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then you have day one, day two, day three, day four. You ever learn this in Sunday school? Right? Where you're like, yeah, I know all these ones. And if you didn't go to church, man, I would just, I would just say to you, like, this is a great place to start. God created in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Does that sound like anything you're familiar with? Like, we kind of have this system, right? And it all started here in Genesis 1, where we work, okay? Now we kind of do it different, right? Five days? Work five days, and then we rest two? Well, we don't really rest two. What do we do? We work for ourselves for two, right? So, you see how it's kind of weird? But we're even twisting God's system even now. We're trying to change it to be what we want it to be. And you were born into a different system, weren't you? 5-2, not 6-1. It's interesting. But you wouldn't know unless you read it. So I would just say, if you've never been to Sunday school, if you've never read it, like, dude, read Genesis 1 later. But I'm going to skip to verse 26. Look what it says here, verse 26. Then God said, this is key, let us, us, it's plural. God is three in one, the Trinity. Let us make man 
in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is the story. That's why the point is, God created people. Now either you believe man was made in the image of God, or you believe that God was made in the imagination of man. You got one choice or the other. You either believe Man was made in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. That's what I believe is truth. I believe that. But there are people who believe that God was created in the imagination of man. And that somehow somebody took all these writings and just lied it all together in the most fabulous lie ever, by the way. It's one or the other. I choose to believe that God created me, that God created people. I choose to believe that. I mean, if you ever just read the Bible, you're like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Where's the guy that wrote the book? Where's the guy that wrote it down? Where's that guy? How did we even get this written down? Well, that's why I often say God wrote a book, right? God was there. God's the one that told Moses. God said, write this down. The Holy Spirit wrote all of these words. I am convinced of it. And that that is why it's worth reading every day. And that's why it's worth patterning your life after. Because it's God's world. God created people. But look at verse 28. This is really key. We've been talking about how we're blessed. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Every man likes that verse, right? Sorry, I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just saying every man likes that verse. Like, yeah, honey, let's, you know, we need to be fruitful and multiply, right? We might be taking that out of context, all right? So here's the thing. We are a reflection of, We are a reflection of God. God created us in whose image? In his image. So when you see me, you should see God or a reflection of God, right? So God, God's like creating this reflection. Can you see me? Like, like it's, but this is just a reflection. If you're looking in here, you're just seeing the reflection. But it looks an awful lot like me, right? And that's how we're supposed to be. We were created to look an awful lot like God. Intellect, emotion, will. But the problem is sin came along, and sin, it mars it up, right? So sin, it just like, 
I should have tried that first. That's what sin did. I didn't break one for practice. Like that isn't looking so good now. Can you see me? Can you see me at all? I mean, that didn't work that great. All right, we're going to plan B. This is my daughter's mirror. I was going to clean it earlier, but that wouldn't have been such a good illustration. Do you see that? Look at how nasty that is. That's kind of how I look, right? I, it's not a clear picture. It's not a clear picture. It's a distorted view of God. When, when I'm at the basketball game last night, people are getting a distorted view of God for me, right? When I'm, when I'm at the club or when I'm at the, out to dinner with my wife, like people are getting a distorted view of God. But they should be getting a great reflection of who he is. That's what God intended. That's how Adam and Eve were brought into this world to be a reflection, right? And when he says be fruitful and multiply, what he's saying is I'd like a few more mirrors in the world. I'd like a few more people, right? I want more people because more glory reflected if there's more of us. And that's why we want everybody in Rochester to come here and hear the gospel, right? In this place. Because then possibly they'll see a reflection of God off of us and they'll be like, I want to be a reflector too. All this because God created. We're created in God's image and likeness. We're spirit beings. Now there's the opposite. It's like, no, it's the imagination of, you know, we made this up. Well, if you don't, if we don't have to answer to a creator God, if we don't have to answer them, okay, then, then anything goes, right? Then I can do anything I want to do. Kind of sound like a place you live at? Like, people can do anything they want to do now. And as long as they think it's okay, it's okay. You got to choose what you believe. Either it's right that we can do anything we want to do, and there's no standard at all, and nobody can tell you anything, right? Or, God wrote a book, he created us, we're reflecting his glory until sin entered, and now we're broken. And so even though he wants to show himself through us, it's dingy, it's tattered. One or the other. We have a choice. It's interesting we have a choice because, see, Adam and Eve had a choice too, didn't they? In the middle of the garden, there were two trees. There was the tree of life and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Two trees in the middle of the garden. And God said, don't eat of this one. Any other tree in all of the garden you can eat of, just not that one. Does that sound like a rule to you? Does that sound like a law? Like a standard of behavior? Yeah, it does. And who set that standard? God did, right? They had to choose. You have to choose. 
what you're going to believe. You're in the same test or similar one as they were. And we're all like, well, if I was there, I would have chose different, man. I'd be eating the tree of life every day. I'm living forever. Are you doing that now? Because it's easy to say I would have if I was there. But that's not what I'm doing. And I'm here. So what do you believe exactly? I believe there was a standard of right and wrong. And I believe that they chose to sin. And I believe that that got passed down to me. Here's the second point. Sin is our problem. Sin is our problem. You look at Genesis 3. Just flip the page to Genesis 3. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sin is our problem. Let me read Genesis 3 to you. It was going swimmingly for Adam because God, after he named all these animals, realized that, well, God didn't realize, he already knew, but Adam realized that this doesn't work for me. Like, nothing fits me, right? And God's like, all right, well, I'm going to make a woman. But did he make woman out of the dust of the earth? Most complicated question of all of life. Well, Adam was made out of dust of theirs, but he made it for Adam, right? So then technically, yes. But it's like the one piece of creation that's not made directly from the nothing, right? He took something. It's interesting, isn't it? At last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. It was a great day for mankind when woman was created. And God knew, right? We needed that. We, we had to have fellowship that way. And there's so many great pictures. I could digress, but I'm going to stay on the sin thing, and I'm not talking about women because of sin. Are we clear on that? Okay, good. It says in chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Now, that's an interesting comment. Is that why Satan picked the snake? I have no idea. He just had a way with words. I, I don't know, but the Bible says that. He said to the woman, did God actually say? So they were in some sort of debate you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did he say that? No. He could say, said you could eat of every tree, just not that one. Okay? Just to be clear. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, I don't know if God said, there's just this huge debate about whether God said, touch it. I don't care. That's not the point, right? But we can like waste a lot of time, like, did he say that? Did he not? Was that her interpretation? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not even sure Eve ever heard those words from God. I think they were passed down through Adam. It doesn't matter. The point is, God said something. He said, don't, as in don't hurt yourself. He tells us that all the time. 
But the serpent said to the woman, I'm not taking that, right? I'm not, I'm not going there. That's not, that's not happening, right? I got something to say about this. You will not surely die. For God knows. It's interesting. I'd just like to give you a bunch of stuff that I know God knows. Who should speak for God? How about God speaks for God? But Satan's a liar. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. That's true. Their eyes were opened. It says that later. And you will be like God. There's some truth in that. Knowing good and evil. You're already like God. Do you really want to be more like God? More than perfectly like him? He's really baiting her. Some people say, where's Adam? It'll tell us. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, like right here I hurt for all mankind, right? Right here. It's like it looks so good. Maybe he's right. I'd like to be more like God. Like there's so many twisted thoughts going through her head. And she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Bro, lead! Right? Come on! What's wrong with you, Mr. Passive? And he ate. Wrong decision. Then the eyes of both were opened. That was true. And they knew that they were naked. Right? That changed everything. We now wear clothes. There's so much you could say about this. Fear came in, verse 10. In verses 12 and 13, they start to cast blame on each other. That wasn't happening before. Oh, you did it, you did it, you did it, you did it. <laughs> it was your fault, it was your fault. That's still happening. <laughs> Whose fault is your sin? Oh, I got about 50 people that made me do it. Sin brought death. That's what God said it was going to do, and that's what it did. Death, you're like, they didn't die. They didn't keel over. They still had a conversation with God. No, but spiritually, that was the last one. You're out. You have to get out. You have to leave my presence. We can't walk and talk. We can't hang out. It's You got to go. Crazy. Spiritual death came at the second of sin. And it's passed on to us. We were born spiritually dead without a chance. And then physically, physical death eventually came. I don't think they would have died physically at all. Not, no reason to die, right? But for sin. 
Because of sin, God's image in us is distorted. Partly, right? You can still see signs. You can still see things. You can still reflect God's glory in some ways, but not perfectly like we could before. Sin, sin distorts things. Let me give you a definition of sin. Just write it down. This is from Grudem or some other theological guy. <clears throat> Any failure to conform, I added the word in parentheses, reflect. Any failure to conform or reflect... <clears throat> Any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. Any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, in attitude, or nature. So the Ten Commandments is a great example of this, right? He says, don't murder. Well, that's an action, right? Don't do that act, right? He says, don't commit adultery. That's an action. Don't do that act, right? But then he says, don't covet, right? Your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's land, don't covet. Well, that's an attitude, right? Like, I want that. Don't do that. But when does he get to the nature I think our passage in Ephesians is so important for that. Look at it again. This is where we launched from. Let me grab you back to it. Um, I'll throw it on the screen so you don't have to turn your Bible if you don't want to. And, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You started when you were walking as a toddler, right? You were already walking in sin, in death. Following the course of the world, Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works uh, is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. We all lived this way. In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature. It's in us. It's what our programming was when we were born. Children of wrath, like all the rest of mankind. Nature, it's the internal character that is the essence of who I am. Inside, who I am. My sin nature makes me unable to do anything that pleases God on my own. Therefore, I have a problem. I can't do anything that pleases God on my own. I can't do it. I need something outside of me to help me do anything that would be good for God. Sin distorts the moral judgment I have. Sin clouds the thinking I have. And sin hinders the fellowship I have with God and with others. Sin's my problem. It's the first time I said my, isn't it? Sin's my problem. See, the point was sin's our problem. But that's just fun to say sin's our problem. When you cross that R off and you write my in there, then you've internalized it. Then you're not blaming Adam and Eve and casting blame and stuff like that. Well, it's Adam's problem. He did it. Well, it's Eve's problem. She did it. Well, it's Satan. He did it. 
then you're not casting blame on other people. Then you're accepting responsibility for who you are. And when you accept responsibility for where you're at, God will take you to a whole different spot, right? It's repentance. That's what it is. It's repentance. It's saying I'm wrong. It's saying I'm wrong. And when I say I'm wrong, that makes somebody right, doesn't it? Who would that make right? God. That makes God right. Well, since he is right anyway, maybe I should just say I'm wrong now. Sin is my problem. The way I act, the way I think, who I am inside. This is... How many of you guys grew up in a Christian home? Okay, that's a lot of people. All right, so here's the problem. I grew up in a Christian home, and the problem in the Christian home is we minimize sin. We try to like minimize it as much as possible and hide all the nasty, and any little sin is kind of like ignored, and it's like try to minimize the sin. When you minimize the sin, you now teach your kids they don't have any sin. Well, that's not what we're trying to do. So we unknowingly teach them that they never have to repent. Do you understand? Just because we want to minimize the sin. No, sin is sin. It is what it is. I'm not scared of it. Get it out in the middle of the living room and deal with it in a godly way. That's what we got to do with sin. Don't try to sweep it under the rug. Don't try to hide it in the back closet. Get it out. Talk about it. Deal with it. Know that Jesus Christ died to pay for it. That's coming. We have to be honest about our sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. They fall short of the image of God, okay? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That's the next point. The wages of sin is death. That's the next point. Here it is. Sin demands a punishment. It demands. Sin stands at the door and it says, Kunk, 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 kunk. You're mine. I'm coming for you. You will die one day. Sin demands a punishment. Look at it. Look at it. Right, right after they sinned, right? God comes to the garden. Do you think he doesn't know they sinned? Do you think he doesn't know they sinned? Do you think there was just opportunity for them to repent right there? God, we did it. We shouldn't have, but, but they didn't do that. They hid, right? And then what did they do? When they finally come out, they're like, you know, one me. And that's exactly what we do. We try to hide it, and then we try to like blame somebody else. It wasn't me. It was like somebody else made me do it. I hope you're getting the picture. Here, there's a consequence, right? The woman said, the, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. And the Lord said to the serpent, he's going to give three punishments. Here it is. The Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, this is verse 14, uh, Genesis chapter 3, 
Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock. Doesn't even look like livestock anymore. That's how cursed he is. And above all beasts of the field, on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That's a reference to Christ. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3. To the woman, he said, I will surely, interesting word, multiply your pain in childbearing. Was there pain before? Did she even know what pain felt like before this? Multiply your pain. I'm going to make it worse. In childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So he sets up a system. Hey, you're equal. But here's the system. You're going to answer to your husband. God set that up. Right? I think a lot of guys are like, dude, man, I'd like somebody else to be the leader today. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. So he broke the moral standard of God. Cursed is the ground because of you. The in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And they're numbered. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground. What? Adam must have never heard that before. You're going to die. And then watch, watch, the truth is coming out. Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. If you're adopted, and I don't want to make fun of this or light of this, but this is the best I could kind of sum it up. If you were adopted, and your parents said, hey, you were adopted, right? Like that was like new information that day. That's like this. Adam was like, what? You made me out of this? Like, I didn't know. I didn't know I was that low because, man, you treated me like, a, like we were buddies, like, like we were the same, right? And now I'm dust. I was made out of dust. First time he knew the truth of where he came from, right there. Flip over to Romans 5. Let's finish over there. This will give you a bit of a picture that I think is important. Romans 5. Romans 5. Look at verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, that man is Adam. Does anybody have a problem with that? Any guys have a problem with that? Like sin came through me. Like, like, like Eve. Look at, look at what she like, gave it to me. Like, I mean, if we're going to cast blame, let's just be honest, right? Like, come on, it came through me. It came through Eve. You're a moron. Take, your, take leadership for your family, right? 
came through one man, his name is Adam, and death through sin, death is the punishment. Spiritual death first, physical death to come. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. This is what you would call, a lot of times we call imputed righteousness. This is what you would call imputed sin, right? It's passed on. It's spread throughout all eternity, right? From this man, Adam. Like he sinned and it's like passed on to all of us. But God makes a way. We're going to get to that next week, right? But God, we get to pick up in verse four. It's like the best ever. But God, God had a plan, And look at verse 16 first before I get on to that. Look at verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. That's that's great news. But there's two words in there. uh, Judgment and condemnation. It demands a punishment. Now, God made a way, but before we get to that, it demands a punishment. Somebody has to pay for that. Right? You take a candy bar from the store and don't pay for it, and they catch you, there's going to be something to pay for that. Right? But if you go to the counter and you just lay down a dollar, is it a dollar now? Jesus, it's like a dollar now. Dollar 25. I don't know. It's like, it was like 25 cents when I was a kid. I'm old, all right? Dean, how much was it when you were a kid? Nickel, Nickel. oh man. (laughs) Whenever I say that, I'm thinking, I'm making other people feel really bad, sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. But, you know, it's just, like, just pay for it, right? But see, this is one you don't have a credit card big enough for. You're not just like, slip that thing through there. Why isn't it working? Reject it, reject it. Like, you don't have a credit card big enough to pay for this one. You don't have a limit that maxes on that. Like, you can't do it. So what do we do? I'm back to this word, repent. What should we do when we sin? And we're all sinners. And I'm not just talking repentance one time. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It'll happen again and again and again and again. Today might be a day you need to repent. So even after our sin is forgiven by the grace of God, while sin doesn't affect our status or standing with God, it does affect our fellowship with God. Have you felt that when you've sinned after salvation? Like why does God feel so far away? Sin? My sin is affecting my fellowship with God. So what do I do with that when sin affects my relationship with God and with others? I repent. I confess. I say I did it. I didn't want to. It wasn't my new nature for sure. That was the old nature. And I don't want to be like that. We confess. Confess our sins to God. Maybe there's some sins today that you need to confess. Maybe you feel like God's been punishing you or the better word, the word I would use is disciplining you. You go read Hebrews 
12 on that. God disciplines whom he loves. He loves you as a son or daughter of his. And so he's not going to let you continue in sin that grace may abound. He's going to be like, come on, over here. This is a better way. We would do that with our kids, right? We're not just going to go let them run in the street. No. Stop here. Sin is always serious. It's a serious matter for it affects our relationship with God and with others and even here, inside. It affects me. My son, my, my sin must be dealt with, must be paid for, okay? All right, here's the last one. God, woo, made the payment for my sin. He did it, right? God made the payment for my sin. Look at Romans 5 again. Uh, look at verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Yes! Woo! I want that! Now, I can't take any more time on this, but Romans 6, I mean, all these guys that talk about sin, Romans 6, 7, 8, like, go read Romans 6, 7, and 8 this week and just be like, woo, this is what God did for me. And he took my sin and he changed me around and I'm still kind of like, why do I do that? But like, he's like, it. You go read that this week. And I want to now get to off of the imputed sin. We all have sin through Adam. But now we can all have righteousness through Jesus Christ. Imputed righteousness. Okay, so let me just show you two verses. I'm not going to have you turn anymore. A lot of turning going on today. Okay, but two verses. 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25. It's on the screen. He himself, Jesus Christ, bore our sins in his body on the tree. Imagine that. There was a tree, knowledge of good and evil. And now there's a tree, Right? that Jesus died on, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. For you were straying like a sheep. Maybe you walked in here today just chasing every whim and every wish. Right? That's what sheep do. That's why they need a shepherd to keep them here. but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Time to return to who created you. Time to return to how he created you to be. He's your shepherd. He's your overseer. He's the one that created you. He knows how what he created you to do and be. It's time to return to him. And he made a way through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sake. He did it for your sake. He, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus Christ never sinned, but he put his sin on, all of our sin on him, so that we in him, right, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Like, you have a chance to be something in this life. 
God created you for a purpose. He has a purpose for you. It's to reflect his glory. That's a glorious purpose. That's the best purpose you could have. But sin is screwing that up. So I'm just wondering... What needs to change? Have you ever had somebody pay for your meal? Like sometimes you drive through like McDonald's and like to come up to this thing and you're buying your meal and you're like, they're like, yeah, the guy in front of you paid for it. And you're like, what? That was nice. Really? Are you, are you lying? No, no, he paid for it. I mean, I don't have to, you know, I'm good. I'm good? Yeah, here's your stuff. That's what's happening. Jesus paid for it. It needed to be paid for. Sin demands a punishment. It needed to be paid for, but somebody else paid for it. Now, can you imagine me at the counter at McDonald's and going like, I don't want that. It's not worth anything to me if I didn't pay for it. If I didn't do anything good for it, if I didn't like do any good works or anything, like, I don't want that. I want my own brand. I'll go over down to Burger King and buy a different burger. And What? Take the burger and run. <laughs> but people are trying to make up their own thing all the time. Is that you? Is that me? Are we trying to make up our own thing? I'm at the window, man. I'm at the window and the guy says it's paid for. And I, now I have a decision to make. What am I going to do with that? Accept the gift. It's a free gift. He actually makes a point of that. But the free gift is not like the trespass, right? For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Free gift, free gift, free gift, free gift. It's like, a gift is always free. No, this one doesn't come with any strings attached. Have you ever accepted that gift? That's the question you have to deal with today. I'll close with this. The problem of sin is real. The punishment of sin is clear. But the payment for sin is made through God. Will you accept it? All right, so I'm going to ask you three different responses. One, maybe you're like, wow, that was clear. Like, I just, I realized for the first time it's my sin and I need, a, I need to repent. Great, do that today. Please do that today. Ask God, just tell him, I'm a sinner, God. I know it. I know you know it, but now I know it. And I realize it and forgive me. And he will. He will. He wants to. That's why he sent his son. But some of you have already done that. You've already asked for forgiveness. And then you went back and you sinned again, right? And so this like fellowship with God is kind of like marred again and broken again. It's not perfect. How many times can God make that mirror better again, right? But he can. He can make it all clear again. Today. And I would ask you to repent. Repent and recommit.
right? Recommit. I'm recommitted to that realization I had before. I realize it again. Oh, yeah, I'm going to recommit. And then there's this third category. Man, if you're like walking with the Lord right now and you're just like, dude, it's on fire. Great. Well, then remember where you came from. Don't act like you're something special because that turns people off. You have to remember, and you were dead. Remember where you came from. Because that keeps you from being annoying to the rest of us. And it also, and it also keeps you from sinning. Okay? Because when you just act like sin can't touch you anymore, it will. It's at the door knocking. I've taken a lot of your time. I think it's clear that sin's an issue. How are you going to deal with it today? Right? That's the question. Let me pray. God, I appreciate you, your word, and how clear it is. Man, we're dirty on sinners. You made us perfect, and we messed it up. We had a choice, and we chose the wrong thing. And we've been doing it since then, throughout all of history. And we'll do it again this week, apart from your grace. So God, let your grace be real in this place today. Let people realize for the first time that they need a Savior for their sin. Let people realize again and recommit to freedom from sin. And let people remember where they came from so that we can be gracious with those who are still coming. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name.